Hey there, welcome to a very special edition of Not About Us. Yeah, isn't it neat? Uh, I'll just get right into it. I'm Scott. I'm Brad. This is James. And this is Not About Us. So today we have a very special guest, James. Hi. <laughs> Helping us podcast. We'll see how long this works. You, Oh, I guess it's over then. <laughs> That's it. James is going through a period where he has separation anxiety from his dad. So we're going to see if... Uh, Thank you. If he can join us in our podcast today. All right. Well, you want to be on the microphone? There we go. Would you like to start us off in prayer, Brad? Sure. <clears throat> you can show James how to do it. <laughs> Father, thank you for today. Thank you for podcast day. Thank you for my babies. Yeah. Thank you for this time, this study, as we look more into our origins in Genesis. The very first time that we interacted with our awesome, amazing God. Help us find the things that you want us to find and share the things that you want us to share. Because it can never be about us. This is always truly for you and about you. Thank That's you. That's right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we are in Genesis. We finished Genesis 7 last time. We did. I swear we did. We finished it. I was there. I can, I can vouch. <laughs> so now I'm reading Genesis 8, uh, 1 through 3. And Elohim remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And Elohim made a wind to pass over the earth. And the waters subsided, the fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained, and the waters returned from off the earth continually, and after the end of 150 days the waters decreased. <clears throat> so here we have a picture of uh, the, the rain portion of the flood. We kind of talked about that last time. Uh, when we say flood, you know, you and I think, I, at least I, I think you do. I don't want to be putting words in your mouth. You and I think, as long as the waters are up, it's still flooding. Right. Yeah, we kind of talked about how it was like the flood was 40 days upon the earth. Well, that was only the time it was raining. So that has stopped, but they're still in the water. Well, and I thought about that too after the fact. Uh, you and I both worked at a clinic um, together at one point, mm -hmm. and there was a really bad flood locally and it was after because i mean the well, thank you a flood waters only lasted um basically a day but there was a lot of chaos that came in that little bit of time and it was still weeks afterwards that people were coming into the clinic not feeling well because they were still dealing with the flood issue yeah whether there was still water up in their basement or not they were still dealing with the consequences of what had happened. So yes, a flood, a flood is, can be the water, but it also 
it's still the after effect of you know of what's mm-hmm. going on and 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 I, I just remember that one that was pretty it was pretty big around here we actually had a f- uh, quite a few casualties uh, fatalities yeah um, and I remember that then for a good week couple weeks afterwards people were coming in still sick just from trying to do the cleanup of the flood and mm-hmm. so yeah so now hey <laughs> so now just as a reminder i know i've talked about this many many times uh but i want to bring it up here because we're gonna we're gonna cover it with some of the things we talk about everything physical and i say in the old testament but really everything i mean even today you know uh everything physical is a representation of something spiritual right you know, we mentioned that before now the word of god itself is uh, the same way. Uh, the Word of God is Jesus. It's Yeshua. But we, you've got you've got a Bible here. Uh, we, if we say the Word of God, we think of this. We think of uh, our Bibles, uh, etc. And that, in and of itself, is a physical representation of the Word of God. Now, I don't want to get too deep into this aspect of it because this this could be a whole other podcast. But just the fact that the Word of God, Yeshua, is perfect. Now, the physical representation, uh, there's a lot of people who will say, no, it's not perfect. It has contradictions. It has errors. Uh, Now, there's three reasons for this. One of them is that what you're talking about, there really is no contradiction or error. Uh, You just don't understand fully what's going on so you're calling something a contradiction or an error and reality is you just don't understand what's happening Uh, number two there is a misunderstanding or a mistake in the translation Uh, whether intentional or unintentional uh, from the original Hebrew or or wherever they whatever they translated it from uh, there is there's a problem, and so there is an apparent mistake because uh, the translation doesn't work. And number three, there's a change in the terminology from when the original King James translators first wrote the words. Uh, there are several things that we just in today's society words go through an evolutionary process. They, you know, the language uh, changes as time goes on. I remember when I was growing up, bad meant bad <laughs> right you know i i was i was so lost i mean i went through that phase where bad was suddenly meaning really great oh that that outfit is bad right. you know and i'm like why why are we trying to make the word bad into something wonderful you know right but uh, i remember that but but that happens over time so we have a lot of words and we're going to cover one right here that we tend to think of one thing, and so we might not understand what the verse is talking about. And we've, we've talked about several of these before. Is that good? Yes, it is. <laughs> but right here, the word remembered. And Elohim remembered Noah. Now, I don't know about you, Brad, but I think, I guess most of my experiences are people hear that and they kind of act like God was just chilling out, 
Right. You know, going like, hey, what do you want to do today, angels? You know, want to go play some golf or something? And they're like going, uh, God, the, the flood, Noah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, how could I have forgotten? Like, like God remembered. <laughs> right. I, I forgot to set a timer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, this is legal terminology. Uh, this is, it doesn't mean that God had forgotten. But we just, we need to realize with several words like this, um, it doesn't mean necessarily the first thing we think of. Right. So this word, there, uh, there are other words uh, that this kind of thing happens to, like uh, uh, when God will say, like, uh, I will forget your sins. Right. You know, it's not like he zaps his brain and really has no idea what you've done. It means he will not hold it against you anymore. It's as if he's going to blot them off the record book. And, and it's as if uh, you never committed that crime. Right. Uh, sometimes God is spoken of as a terrible God. Now, we think of terrible as, as very poor, bad, hateful, uh, something that doesn't work. You know, it's just, it, that's terrible. You know, I, I eat some food and I spit it out and I say, oh, that's, oh, that's terrible. terrible. Um, Liver. <laughs> there you go. But um, no, this... This is a correct word used in the King James time. We have to remember how they would have treated it. And basically, this word to them meant it is so awesome and glorious that that it frightens us. Uh, just God, when, when he's described as a terrible God, it's just talking about the, the, the overwhelming glory of who he is. Right. Uh, and there's several things like that. This is one of them. God remembered Noah and everyone on the ark. This is Strong's Concordance 2142, the Hebrew Zakar. Now, this is its first usage in the Bible. Um, so there's a law, a first usage, that says basically uh, examine how it was treated the first time, and then every other time, you know, follow that pattern. You know, under, if you understand that, you know, uh, treat every other time the same way. And this means to mark so as to be recognized. In other words, to remember. But it's it's not to come back to memory as if you'd lost your memory and now it comes back. It's just pointing something out. It's like mentioning it specifically. Uh, if you think about it that way, so it's highlighting something. Now, I found this something interesting this word can also mean to be male. And yeah, I pondered that too and what it meant. Now the word picture here, Zayin Kaf Resh, uh, the, thing that I, the thing that jumped out at me about this was that the Most High's hands are pierced. And he is talking about, the, the verse starts off, and Elohim remembered Noah. And we've talked about how Noah is a Christ-like figure. And I kind of, I, I saw that word picture, and I went back to this definition where it can also mean to be male. And although, as we've discussed, God is not male or female the way we think of it, 
God represent God is represented as a male in our relationship to him. We've talked about that. God is the man, uh, we are the bride. Uh, God is the bridegroom, we are the bride. He's the male, we're the female. Humanity is the female in this relationship. Yeshua had to come as a male son in order to be this correct picture, a physical representation of God in his relationship with us. It's always the male lineage that's recorded or marked, remembered. Uh, Yeshua came to a single mother, humanity, if you want to think of it that way. He came to humanity. He came to a single mother. But her lineage in Matthew 1 traces, uh, traces the lineage back through the males uh, all the way back to Avraham, Abraham, through David. Joseph's lineage in, oh, was that Luke? I didn't write it down here. I think it's in Luke. I want to say Luke 3. But Joseph's lineage also traces the males, but it goes back all the way to Adam. Now, you can see in there from Avraham, from Abraham to David, uh, you can check them out. Uh, Joseph and Mary's lineage is the same. Abraham to David, because they both came from the kingly line. They were both descendants of David. Right. Mary just came through the kingly line of Solomon. And and this is a whole discussion I'm not going to get into here, but it, it is fascinating. Uh, Jesus was literally the, uh, the next king of Israel in the physical sense. Right. Because he came through the kingly line. Uh, his lineage would have made him the next heir to the throne uh, in Israel. But that's just kind of, we'll throw it out there for now. That's just kind of a cool point. Uh, it's not really what I'm getting into. But just this word remembered, meaning to mark, to highlight, uh, to and, and also possibly, you know, just the fact to be male. And he's he's specifically talking about Noah right off the bat. Now, he remembers Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that were with him in the ark which we'll get to in a second but I just saw that in terms of this picture of Jesus of marking him highlighting him and and him being this male representation of God coming to earth so that's pretty much all I kind of got out of that at this moment <laughs> I know there should have been more shouldn't there <laughs> Hi. We well, want this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I clearly wanted that. <laughs> now the other thing, the next well the next thing, I shouldn't say the other thing. The next thing, he does mention a set of 3 here. God remembers Noah and every living thing, and all the cattle were with him. Now, first of all, I saw that that was three, but I wondered why he specifies the cattle. Thank you. I'm going to read from this now. <laughs> Should I do that? Oh, okay. You can have it back. Uh-oh. It fell down. Why does he specify the cattle? Because he says he remembered Noah. And he remembered every living thing on the ark. Well, the cattle are included in that. 
So why did he specify the cattle? Oh, you know? <laughs> Who knows, but he's not sharing. He's not sharing. Well, say hi to everyone. Well, they're not back there. <laughs> you got a lot to learn about this podcasting business, bud. I think that but way. then again, so do we. Yeah. <laughs> and we've gone over this word before. It's Strong's Concordance number 929, Behema. And it means a dumb beast, especially any large quadruped or animal. And, and we've talked about this before. This does not specify cows. We in the United States tend to th hear the word cattle and we think cows. We think of a, uh, uh, herding the cattle, think of a cattle drive. We think of cowboys right. you know, rounding, rounding up cattle. But this includes many other animals, including sheep. And he's, he's talked about as the shepherd. We are the sheep, I think. In a prophetic sense, in a metaphoric sense, he's talking about he remembered all of us. <laughs> That's more fun. If we turn it this way and people see that smile, maybe we'll get more views. I was going to say, this is going to be the highest rated podcast we've ever had by a long shot. <laughs> Are you trying to get me? Get him. <laughs> now, if you make him angry, <laughs> going to ruin all that effort. <laughs> so is he remembering Yeshua, all of his creation and humanity? Is that what it represents? I mean, basically, is it saying that this, we've talked about the ark and the flood process being a picture of salvation. This is, is by specifying that and the completeness of the three, is he saying uh, uh, what was saved, what was, uh, or the, comp the, the, the salvation process includes everything? So he's, he's essentially, is, is he saying, is he making the statement too that um, it doesn't, what Jesus is going to accomplish in the end isn't just individually it's for the entirety of all of his creation i mean he's going to save the planet right as well as us i don't know i mean it specified well that's what I, that's what i was wondering if it specifies cattle but cattle's already included he could have said just all living things he's going to do it all and the cattle so that's pointing us out is the all is the all living things talking about oh it Everything else is coming with it. Right. He's not just going to let it burn. What do you think? Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't quite have that one. It's not chewable. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. I've never tried. Probably not. <laughs> now, and I saw at the end of this, it says... And after the end of 150 days, the waters decreased. So I saw that number. And of course, I jumped on it. I was like, why 150 days? It was exactly 150 days when waters decreased. What does that tell us? Now, one of the things that hit me personally, it says after the end of 150 days. 
Now, I don't know why it hit me here and not in other places where it says this. Um, but I, I suddenly remembered that when I was in high school, I had a math teacher who would get really upset when people would say 150 or, you know, 1,233. Right. He would say, no, it's a number. It's 1,233. There's no and. You know, don't say and. And it suddenly, it jumped out here. And for some reason, it just hit me that maybe what's being said here is not 150, but 150, as if they're two separate numbers, one after the other. Right. And so I kind of treated it both ways. I said, okay, what does it mean if it's 150? What does it mean if it's 100 and then 50? And something else I found out while while researching um, is that I, I found once by actually in my Hebraic Roots version in the preface, it talks about how in the New Testament uh, there is proof that they were, uh, even though we only have Greek versions of most things, one of the proofs that it actually began in Hebrew and was translated into Greek is that the Greek grammar is horrible. Um, but if you read them, even in the Greek, using Semitic grammar, it makes sense and it works. And one of the things they talk about, one of the things they bring up is the frequent use of the redundant and. This is a Semitic thing. And I didn't know that. You know, so they, they will use the word and where it's already understood. They, uh, they will emphasize and in, in many places. And so I thought of that. Okay, if and is being stated here specifically, why? Is it pointing something out? So a hundred represents fullness. And 50 represents jubilee. So do we have... Uh, so following this salvation experience that they've gone through. So now do we have the fullness of the promise? Uh, once the fullness of the promise comes to completion, then we have Jubilee. Jubilee follows. Because Jubilee is restoration. Jubilee is deliverance. Jubilee is, is release. It's the return of everything back to its original order order and everything made the way it should be. Right. So is that what this represents? Do we have the fullness of God's promise coming to pass followed by Jubilee? Is that what this is saying? But a hundred is represented by the eye of the needle, uh, the children of the promise. It also can mean election. And 50 is represented by a snake. Um, it is also represented, uh, represented by an individual in the time dimension, which means someone uh, in, in our dimension, in this physical plane that is going through time, not God who exists outside of time and, and this, the spiritual realm that is, that is uh, outside of that situation. Now, 50 also represents Pentecost 
or Shavuot, and the Holy Spirit. So I put those together, 150. Are, does this represent the children of the promise receiving the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I was when you said that, I was wondering that. And that's going to come back to something else that I discovered here. But first, let me go into the word picture, Kof Nun. And what I came up with was it ends in life. So the word picture kind of talks about what we've just been talking about. After the fullness of everything has has happened, we have Jubilee. And, and going back to um, the children of the promise receiving the Holy Spirit, now God indwelling us, the word picture, it ends in life, just fit for me. Yeah, and it's, that's kind of just even not with all the other study that is going on here, just that phrase alone is yeah. opposite of what most of us believe. It ends at death. Yeah. And here you've got, it ends at life. I like that. Now, yeah, this is going to be a fairly brief one. Don't worry, it's not your fault. <laughs> but the last thing kind of touches on all this, and I thought this was really cool. In fact, um, I saved it for last. But Elohim made a wind to pass over the earth. So what we have, let me go back and read. Elohim remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And Elohim made a wind to pass over the earth. And when that happens, the water subsides, the fountains of the deep, the windows of heaven are stopped, and the rain from heaven is restrained. Let me just verify. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm gonna, I was afraid I deleted something, but I have it all. Now, my first thought with this was that we'd just seen a prophetic metaphorical picture of salvation. Then that ends. We've gone through the flood. We've gone through the downpour of rain. They're in the ark. They're saved from it. Uh, the trial period that we've talked about has gone, has, has finished. And now God causes a wind to pass over the earth like 40 days later. That to me was speaking of what I was seeing in my head was Pentecost. What I was seeing in my head was the salvation. You know, Jesus comes and dies. We have that whole thing. And then, after a time, the Holy Spirit comes. So, in this, the rain has happened. We've had this whole thing. Then he sends a wind. <laughs> and as a, when that, that picture hit me. Yeah. Do you see where I'm going with that? No, I Yeah. When I... After I had thought that, I started looking up wind. It is Strong's Concordance number 7307. And you know what it is? It's Ruach. Uh-oh. Of course it is. Of course it is. It's Ruach. Now, from Ruach HaKodesh. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit. Ruach means, now it comes from 7306. Uh, which means to blow, 
in other words, to breathe. Uh, but Ruach 7307 is breath in either a sensible or violent exhalation. Figuratively, it means life. It means anger. It means unsubstantiality. By extension, a region of the sky. But by resemblance, it refers to a spirit, but only one of a rational being. And we've talked about this before, about the Ruach HaKodesh. It is feminine. I think you're right. <laughs> and I think you're happy about it. <laughs> Are you dancing? Are you dancing? Go baby, go baby, go. Go, baby, go, baby, go. Go, baby, go, baby, go. Go, baby, go, baby, go. So God sent the Spirit to calm the waters. And that's that's the picture I'm seeing here. He sent the salvation, uh, the, the, the salvation event occurs, and then he sends the Spirit. Now, Resh, Vav, Cheth, or Reshvav Kit. Not sure how you pronounce that. I've said it a hundred times before. I don't speak fluent Hebrew. Sorry. But the possible interpretation I came up with this one that struck me is the nails of Yeshua set us apart. <laughs> Yay. Are you going down? Now, one of the things that struck me too is I realized talking about the law of first usage, this is the very first usage of the word where in English it is translated wind, but it is not the first usage of the word. I've missed it going up to this point because I've always been attracted to other words and I kind of, the word that this was being used for, I just kind of treated that as, you know, yeah, I know what that is and it kept moving. The first time it was used was Genesis 1-2. Now the earth was unformed and void, and darkness was on the, on the face of the deep, and the spirit of Elohim hovered over the face of the waters. Yeah. And that made that so much more powerful to me. The Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the waters. Genesis 3-8. This is, this is so neat. And they heard the voice of Yahweh Elohim walking in the garden towards the cool of the day. Right. The cool is Ruach. So he was walking toward, you can say, the Holy Spirit. Genesis 6.3 My spirit shall not abide in man forever. It's Ruach. And Genesis 6, 17. And I, behold, I do bring the flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life. So he's talking about, I am going to destroy all flesh where the Holy Spirit could reside. That, that adds a new interpretation to that verse. Right. <clears throat> It's funny that you're finding it now, yeah. as if you were meant to find it now. Mm -hmm. to go. I, and that's one of the things I was thinking of. Because you go, you go through all of that, now you find it, 
but now it's making you realize there was even more. Mm-hmm. Because I was, I was, I was, I was chastising myself, going, "Why didn't I look that up when I was looking at these other verses?" Right. Because other words and other thoughts jumped out at me, and that made me think. And I kind of came back around to that's okay. That's where I was at that time. Right. That's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to see at that moment. I needed some other building blocks in place before I could get here and really make another connection. Now, the rain from heaven was restrained. Now, again, the reason I wanted to bring this one up is going back to God remembered. We have, I don't know, maybe this is just me. But restrained kind of has not a violent, not necessarily violent connotation, but an antagonistic one. Sure. You know, restrained. Hey, stop. Stop that man. You know, stop thief. It's kind of, you imagine someone in cuffs or being held back, pinned against his will, something like that. But it doesn't have to mean that. Uh, Again, uh, it's terminology that makes us feel like it's coming against an enemy or stopping something antagonistic. But this is more like the Holy Spirit simply saying to Jesus, okay, it's complete, it's done, you can stop. And this is just part of the loving process. Right. Uh, restrained is Strong's Concordance 3607, law, and it means to restrict by act, as in hold back or hold in, or by a word, as in to prohibit. And it can mean antagonistic or violent. Hey there. Uh, such as in forbid, restrain. But it also can mean uh, gentle uh, accomplishment, such as finish, you know, or refrain. You know, you just, time to stop. That's all it is. And the word picture for that is kaf, lamed, aleph. And the interpretation that I came up with was the open hand gently prods towards Adonai Yahweh. Okay. <laughs> so this is going to be one where we get comments going, I have no idea what that said, what, what was said, but that baby was cool. <laughs> I want more of the baby. <laughs> it's no longer about us. Not about us. It's, it's, it's now all yeah. about James. <laughs> so this isn't too long. Um, but that uh, what really caught me out of all that was the Ruach is the wind. Yeah. And, um, and just the realization that it's been in so many more places that I have not seen. On the appreciation that it is too, like you mm -hmm. can read, you can read this verse over and over and over again, never catch that. But then when you do catch it, there's even greater appreciation for what's going on here. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I said, it, and it just connects so well that this, this picture just keeps uh, fulfilling what we know uh, that's going to happen: Jesus coming and dying on the cross, and then the Holy Spirit rushing in. Right. Uh, uh, and in filling us and this this again this physical representation pardon me of something spiritual the story is just playing out exactly the way we know it should be 
So I don't know. Any any more before James gets a little too crazy? Uh oh, I see a frown. Are we getting to the end point? Was this a good was this a good stopping point? I think he's hearing his brother, and he's now like, "Well, I want to go play." Okay, you're restraining me <laughs> from playing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Says I want more, <laughs> and whatever it is, I want to put it in my mouth. Yeah. Yes, you do. Don't you deny it? <laughs> you would put that in your mouth? You would, wouldn't you? Oh, you. Oh, there. Yeah, you're wondering. You thought I might have food on it, didn't you? <laughs> He did. He put it in his mouth. It was like, oh, that's it? Oh, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> you can do better than that, sir. Because earlier when we were eating, I had I would take like gravy or, or potatoes or something, feeding him off of that. <laughs> so now he's like, oh, what? You, you, this is nothing. You lied to me. The evidence <laughs> is still on the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks for joining us this brief one. And thank you for helping out. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and as always, uh, this has been Scott. This has been Brad. You don't care because this has been James. Yay! And this is not about us. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs>